This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Dittman Research. Do you know what the most valuable thing in the world is? High-quality information. Because high-quality information informs much better decision-making. Dittman Research has been providing high-quality information to Alaska's leading businesses, organizations, and campaigns for 50 years. Do you really know what Alaskans think about your company or your issue? How about your clients, your shareholders, or your employees? So stop fumbling around in the dark. Hire Dittman Research and find out what's really going on. DittmanResearch.com Okay, folks, back here. We're with uh, my friend Ella Eid, the long-awaited Ella Eid podcast. Hi, Ella. Hi. I've been asking you to do the podcast. We, we just haven't connected. It's been a few years. You've been twisting my arm, yeah? We talk all the time. Yes. So there's so much to talk about. I think a lot of folks know you. You're kind of big in the resource world. You, have, you run Alaska Resource Education. Yes, it's a nonprofit. We teach kids about Alaska's natural resources, very important in our state. You're, you're like hyper involved in the Resource Development Council, the miners. Basically, if you're at a resource type event, you're probably going to run into you. Yes, I've been working in the industry. Well, I don't like to say how long because then you can figure out how old I am, but it's over 20 years. And you're from, now I want to go back way before that. You're actually from Alaska. You grew up in kind of the rural Alaska, right? Yes, my parents were school teachers in rural Alaska, so I was born here. I was actually born in Anchorage, but I grew up in villages around the state. Uh, they taught all over the state in Koyukuk, uh, Nikolai, Naknek, Kaniganach, and Salawik. So you, you pretty much grew up like rural Alaska. Yes. And then when I was in middle, starting middle school, we moved to Wasilla uh, because they wanted, well, I guess they wanted us to go to middle and high school, not in the village, better opportunities to prepare for college. So when you were growing up in these villages, were you, was it like a minority of, I assume, white people, or was it kind of mixed? Where the, we were the, yes. My, well, usually, depending on the village, but a lot of the times my sister and I were the only white kids. And of course, the only white people in the village were the teachers. My dad, at the last, uh, in the last village we lived in, Salawik, uh, he was the principal there for six years, so... So when you went to Wasilla, you were what, high, middle middle school age? Uh, seventh grade. So mm-hmm. you must have had like a whole different, it must have been a culture like shock. A, a big city, right? Kinda. Yeah, it was, yes. Where's Selawick? Where is that? It is about 90 miles east of Cotsview. Oh, so you were, um, you were like way out there. Yeah, above the Arctic Circle. Wow. So what did you do for, what did, what did just play and just go outside and run around? I mean, yes, that's a great question. Um, There was no television back then. This is, you know, in the 70s. So our our only entertainment was whatever we could do outside. And I read a lot of books, a lot, a lot of books. Big reader. And wasn't your mom the librarian and Wasilla later, right? She was actually on the Wasilla Library Board for, oh my gosh, probably at least 20 years. She Only a few years ago, she she finally retired from that board. But And she was very instrumental in helping them raise funding and get that new library built, that, that nice new library they have out there. And this is what I want to talk about, one of my main topics here. Um, I wanted to bring up was that's how I met you was was at the Resource Development Council uh, conference they do every d- November. This is probably 2010 or 11, I guess. I think it, it was, was 2011. It was a while ago. And um, I was at a lunch deal and I was at your table and I was like, there was a group of us there and I forget who was there, but I was talking to you and, and you're just very likable and we were chatting and 
at one point you mentioned, because this was after Sarah Palin, you know, ran for VP, so she was still very fresh in the minds of everybody. And you mentioned you went to high school with Sarah Palin. Somehow that came up in the, so then I was like, oh my God. So I Googled you <laughs> and I found this Christian science monitor article where you had like given an interview about going to school with her. You remember what that? I do. And uh, what happened is they were actually, when the reporters called right after um, Sarah was selected to run on the VP, as a VP on the ticket, um, they were trying to find my mom because my mom was on the library board, the Wasilla Library Board. This was, this was like the burning, the banning books, Yeah, right? and there was, why there was national interest in that, I have no idea, but they were interested in talking to people related to that and... I don't know. They obviously must have asked me if I knew her. And so, yes, I went to high school with her. I was a year behind Did her. Did you know you were, like, on the record when they called you? Because um, I think you, you had said something like we were in this one group and they were in, like, another group and we were, like, in the... Yeah, the they AP. asked. Yeah, you, I don't remember if they, they you, asked. You were, like, I, in the AP group or something and she was in the sports, whatever it was, kind of. I think they asked if I was friends with her and I said, well, no, not really because, yeah, I was kind of a nerd and I was in all the AP classes and... She was a jock, and we weren't really in. I mean, of course, we know each other, but we weren't in the same circles, so we weren't. And like, you, and actually, not her brother now is on your board, right? That's right. Yeah. So you you, you know the brother? Yes, Chucky. Did, did He's you grow fantastic. Up, did you know him growing up too? Or he not? was, I think, a year or two older. He went to high school with my sister, so I didn't really know him then. Although I knew his dad, uh, Chucky Senior, because he was the track coach. Uh, for Westell High School, and I was the manager for the track coast because I couldn't run, but <laughs> I hauled around all the equipment. So what a weird small world it is. Anyway, huh? Chuck's on my board. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's a great. I board. saw him at the golf tournament a couple of years ago, and what a nice guy. Yes, great guy. Very very nice guy. So now you, when I met you, you were with I guess Stat Oil. Yes. And let's talk about that because you were working that that was for a while. They were trying to do stuff in the Chukchi, and this is the Norwegian oil company. Yes, the Norwegian oil company. They had offshore leases in the Chukchi. Um, they were brand new to Alaska when I started working for them. So they hired me to do stakeholder engagement. And I spent a lot of those, how long was I there? Five years? Um, many of those years traveling on the North Slope and visiting communities and talking to them about what Statoil's plans were. So everybody is probably more familiar with Shell and their efforts to drill in the Chukchi. Um, but the price of oil dropped, and of course Shell wasn't successful, so Statoil ended up pulling out and closing their offices here. But they're still a very active company around the world, and they actually changed their name now. They're called Equinor. Mm-hmm. But... Great, great so company. Could you have gone to like Norway or if, cause you were, you were actually an employee. You weren't a contractor. You were That's like, right. I was a, a full-time employee. Um, one of the best jobs I ever had. Got to travel all over the world, including New Zealand. Fantastic company. Remember you brought me back the, um, the, the coffee and those socks too. Yes. That was year, many years ago. Yeah. I still have, actually some of them started to fade, but I wore them for a long time. <laughs> Until they very, got hold of them. <laughs> there were these really nice black socks you got me. Yeah. Um, and the coffee. Yes, the coffee. Anyway, yeah, Statoil was a great company to work for, and they did. I, I probably could have uh, applied for a transfer to a job in Norway, but just because of the age of my kids, and, you know, I had kids in high school, I couldn't really drag them out of here. And, and A couple times I was, the Norwegians were here. They came to. Yes, they to, did come here a lot. Yep. They're a very, very uh, clannish group, Norwegians. Because I had a friend who works for Iana Eni. And he lives in he lived in Norway for a long time, and he, he was Italian, and he would he would tell me that you know they're just they they they're very much kind of like 
they kind of keep to themselves. And like, there's expats and stuff there, but they never felt like he was part of the. That's the right. Group. It was always like you're there and you hang out, whatever. But you're never like. I think it depends on on the people and. For example, our boss at the time, Lars, uh, who was Norwegian, he was fantastic. He was actually very outgoing, very friendly, but he had been an expat all over the world in Brazil and Newfoundland and other places. And I know especially he talked a lot about how friendly people are in Newfoundland, so he really liked Alaska mm-hmm. because we were welcoming same kind of thing. I remember know? I came to your office once and you had the very European, because Jim was there, right, Jim? Jim Weingarner, yes. And you guys had that very open kind of European that was over there in the towers, right? That was the white like, furniture. You had a nice office. It was nice. Yeah, it was a very nice office. Yeah, had a great view of the mountains. So then they pulled out, and then you had to kind of decide. You decided yeah. you were going to Norway. So no, I worked. Yeah, so I worked in consulting uh, for a few years and helped with some. I still continued to do some work on the slope. I was working um, with Fairweather and some projects they had going on, and. And then the opportunity came up at Alaska Resource Education. They needed a new executive director. So here I am. It's been three years. So this is um, a great, great organization. They basically teach kids, the youngsters, about, about the resource development. And um, you guys at the RDC, you guys did a little cupcakes where you, where right. you, you drill for the – I've never got the oil, by the way. Oh, I got to say RDC, um, and I don't know if they're going to do it this year with COVID. Probably not. But you always sell the, the raffle tickets yes. every year almost – I buy tickets from you, and I got twenty five thousand airline miles one year. One year, I got a little tractor. But you all—not just me—you always you. I you do tend, sell you, a lot of winning. You tend tickets. to sell the winners. Yeah. Have you ever sold? Have you ever sold the cruise winner? Oh yes, or the and the airline tickets. I know Chris Tuck won the airline tickets yeah. one year when I sold him a ticket. You always—I don't know if you're in collusion or what—but like if you buy, <laughs> folks, if you're ever buying tickets at the RDC raffle, you need to buy from Ella. Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna do it this year, the raffle, because they're not having their in-person conference of course so and remember last year they did the uh, mvp gold yes deal every table had the high bid oh yes i got some christmas presents <laughs> i gotta i gotta i gotta say that was the ultimate hookup uh-huh it was amazing so every table had a bid deal where you bid the high and i meant to go do it the next day but i i guess i forgot and i got there kind of late and it was already done and you know you pay it was like 300 500 it wasn't that much money actually and they were giving away MVP gold, yes, which, and which then, carries over to next year because of the COVID. That's right. So Alaska Airlines always does the the centerpiece raffle uh, fundraiser for a charity, and in fact, this year we were ARE was supposed to be the beneficiary of that centerpiece raffle, but. Again, the conference is canceled, but a shout out to Alaska Airlines because they're actually still donating $10,000 to us. Oh, yeah. great. So. I, I love that RDC. That's, there's, you know, there's a lot of other groups, the Alliance and AOGA, and those are kind of fun. But the RDC one, I don't know. I just really like, there's always good speakers. And then there's the big, um, the champagne raffle deal. And then they have the great, they have the cruise and then they have... The, the chainsaw is one that sticks out, but they have all kinds of... Yeah, lots of good prizes, yeah. How many people are on that board? Like 40 or something? Oh, it's 70. Wow. Yeah, I was on that board for 10 years. Yeah, it's a good board. It's an, it's a great organization. They do a lot of really important work for Alaska for responsible resource development. So ARE, so it's you're going into the classrooms, you're doing... Well, we were. So, you know, in March... Um, I'd just gotten back from vacation in Hawaii, actually, when this pandemic shut everything down. Good timing. Yeah, I got I got my vacation in before things <laughs> were shut down. And when I got back the next day, uh, the mayor closed everything down. Schools were closed. You know, they didn't go back after spring break. And I have three educators on staff now. And 
I said, you guys, we got to find a way to teach these kids. And so I really challenged them to come up with a way to teach online through Zoom. And we were teaching within three days of the shutdown. And that was, there was at least I've seen, I've seen some videos several weeks before kids were supposedly back in the classroom, even virtually. And so, you know, we had kids, I mean, my own daughter was on there every day for lessons just, and it gave them something to do and, you know, gave them some normalcy and, you know. Yeah, you guys got Becky, one, one, one of my favorites, right? Yeah. One of my favorites. If she's listening later, tell her she's one of my favorites. Oh, I'm sure she'll listen. She'll yeah. really know what we said. <laughs> uh, so now what I want to ask you about about this, obviously in, in some situations, and I think it's sometimes overblown about the kind of the, the, the progressiveness of, of the institutions and with teachers and stuff, um, but that, that there is, there is a, a sentiment from some folks who are like, you know, the oil companies or the resource, you know, blah, blah, and, they don't. They don't want to maybe talk about how how good resource development is. I mean, do you run into that? Is that something you guys ever see? With sometimes there's some resistance, but our educators do a great job. We teach the facts. We teach science about all resources around minerals and energy and renewables. We teach renewables as well. And for example, um, we just started an eight-week girls in STEM camp that started yesterday. And every week, there's a guest speaker from somewhere, you know, not one of our our own staff, but someone Mm -hmm. coming in and talking about different projects or different types of jobs that girls could get, uh, you know, anything from a a lineman to geologist to... Well, I used to work in technology for a long time, as you know, you know, just a field where there's very few women and... That's, you know, there, there should be more. Yeah. So we have a lot of programs for girls in STEM. We work closely with the Girl Scouts. We have actual Girl Scout patches around Alaska's resources. But an interesting thing is that we've actually had a lot of lower 48 kids enrolled in our camps lately because it's all online. People can, mm-hmm. you know, sign in from anywhere. And so... Because generally speaking, I mean, the, I'm not enough kids, but I mean, the curriculum in schools don't really, they don't normally teach about resource development, no. right? It's not something you're going to like focus on. So you guys are an additional or a supplemental um, curriculum curriculum for, for, for mining yep. and re- renewables, oil and gas. And yep. you guys talk about, I assume the jobs are a exactly. Big yeah. A lot of our focus once we start, you know, well, even as young as sixth grade, we're, we're talking to students about jobs. And the other thing is that we, we don't just focus on college careers, but there's lots of vocational jobs that, you know, you could go to six weeks of training. We have students who've been through our classes who learned about me, and we have two examples in mining where, you know, kids who went to six weeks of training and one kid's at Pogo working as an underground truck driver making over $100,000 a year. Didn't you have a couple years ago, there was a kid that spoke that he was, I'm trying to remember the specifics, but he he had gone through the program and I think he was had a kind of hard a hard childhood, and then he had yeah. gone through, and then he was had some job, and he was. Remember, he spoke at one of the yeah two or three years ago. It I might this. have been. Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember the kid's name. There's a kid that works now at Kensington Mine. I think he's a blaster. That same same situation, you know, making over a hundred thousand dollars. You know, 19 years old, pretty much right out of high school. So there are a lot of opportunities, and I mean, of course, we have to always remind these kids that they have to pass a drug test for these jobs. All of industry, mining and oil and gas. No dope. No dope kids. (laughs) But there's some really good paying jobs out there and you don't necessarily have to go to college. So. So, and you guys have a board, but you're, 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 but you don't have a huge budget, but you're able to, with that kind of small, and what's your budget? It's not, not a huge amount, is it? Around 500,000. We have five. So can you think about the school? That's like nothing. Yeah. We have five staff, three, again, three of them are educators and they work 
their tails off. I mean, they have been teaching. They taught all summer on Zoom camps for kids. Uh, the camp we started yesterday that I mentioned, we have kids all over the state. We have kids in Bethel and, you know, you name it. Any little tiny village. So when did, they, in. when did they already start? 1982. It was originally. Oh, wow. It's been around that long. Yeah. Wow. It was originally just around mining, and they came up with what we call our box of rocks, which has minerals. Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen the box of rocks. Yeah. The box of rocks, and it also has a little violet oil in there. And then, um, you know, it just expanded over time that we taught more about. We also teach forestry, so minerals and energy and forestry. And again, now we teach a lot on renewables as well. So now we're shipping kits to kids at home and they're learning through Zoom. We walk them through our lessons so they get the box of all the materials they need to do the lessons. So even though it's over a computer, it's still hands-on and still helps them learn. So we send them, for example, like, you know, little solar panels and all kinds of stuff. So do you have people, I'm sure you have a ton of people now that are maybe industry leaders or folks that are really involved involved that went through this program when they were kids or we have we you know one of the hardest things we had is tracking kids over time so that is something we're still working on we have a new um, program that we'll be using to track so we can keep track of kids you know it's I mean you can't really require them to stay in touch right so it's kind Mm -hmm. of a voluntary thing but if if we have some parents who can keep you know keep in touch and we know kind of what what this is what what, what's lowest grade sixth grade or do you kindergarten Wow, and we, then you go all the way to the... We have kindergartners making toothpaste and learning it comes from minerals all the way through high school. Yeah, and in fact, we're, we're working on a new high school course, a fully online asynchronous course that, that high school kids can do on their own, and it will be for credit for ASD. And I'm, I'm sure other um, districts around the state will adopt it as well. You know we have 54 school districts. I know, I know, know yeah. <laughs> you know, I just heard this. I was talking to somebody, and I got to verify but I'm, I'm sure they would know hawaii has i guess one wow that'd be and, cool you know that's one of the things you you you, you know people don't want to talk about because it, it means major reforms but you know we got to f- find a way to consolidate some of these things i mean 54 for seven hundred thousand people is i mean you have school districts and you know like big cities where there's like millions of people and they have one school district yeah i, I know we have different you know alaska's big and there's rule and i understand like you don't want to just have one but it just seems like 54 seems like and they're all 54 you know superintendents and 54 you know boards and 54 administrative staffs and you know well, some, you grew up in the village some of these villages they have 10 15 kids in a school and they're spending yep. 20 30 40 grand per kid when you yeah. when you have you know when you factor in all the costs yeah it's very expensive and again i think an advantage to the new world of delivery of education online i mean it was difficult for us to get to rural alaska in the past because it was so expensive to travel Especially if it's a small school or something, you know. Yeah, you're going out and you're teaching 10 kids, right. So now that we can do it over the computer, as long as they have an internet connection, we ship them the materials and it's allowing us to reach more kids at very low cost compared to what we were doing before. So it's it's actually the silver lining. I think it's so important, you know, you look at STEM and and not even just, you know, getting degrees, but these vocational programming. I'm one of the people who went to school and you know, fill out the FAFSA, you borrow, I have a history and economics degree, borrow money for it. And you know, I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad I have a degree, but it's not really, what I'm doing has nothing to do with that other than I feel like I'm, you know, well-rounded for going to school. But um, there's so many jobs out there, like linemen you're talking about or mm-hmm. construction or mechanics, welders, yep, all you know, kinds of opportunities. Slow people are welding or, you know, driving these heavy equipment. They're making really good money. And there's a lot of scholarships available for students as well that 
you know, kids don't necessarily even realize. And we really try to put them in touch with all the different training centers that are available to them. You know, you've got NIT and um, Avtech and, you know, all around the state. Delta. So and, you, and you guys partner with all kinds of different groups, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, companies, private, co- you know, I assume native corporations, you guys doing stuff? Yep. With yep. Native? A lot of, we get, so all our entire budget is through donations and grants. Um we used to get funding from the state, but that was cut in around 2014. Um, I, I, I remember that a, a, a certain uh, a certain now a certain senator now governor was. Uh, <laughs> he might have been on that committee. Woo, um, I remember that. That was a long time ago. <laughs> but we don't get state funding anymore, so it's all through other grants. Um, we do have some, a recent um, grant from the Department of Energy. I know you. I, I met that guy, um, Givy. Givy yeah, yeah, great, great guy. Yeah. So Givy um, has been fantastic in helping us get some federal funding, and so we've been able to expand. That's what actually. That's why we were able to hire two more staff to teach. Um, and so you know, the challenge this year isn't in delivery because we are delivering on our mission. It's just in closing the gap, because of course the. It, the fundraising events is when we raise a lot of our money. So I know the miners always kicking good for you guys, don't yeah, they? Yeah. So Meet Alaska was canceled, and the Spring AMA in Fairbanks was canceled, and now those fall conferences, RDC and Fall AMA, are canceled in person. So that's a big budget gap for us. So that's you know something we've been working on is applying for more grants and finding more ways mm-hmm. to to try to raise money. And I'm going to switch gears here. Is the Eid is the Eid Thanksgiving canceled? No. Thank God. As long as you pass your COVID test, you can come. I might go home to see my parents, but <laughs> I got to I got to say so we met. You got you your family's known for uh you call it picking up strays, right? Yep. <laughs> so the first we met, we became friends and then at some point you invited me to a to a Thanksgiving at your house and wow, it was fucking fun. <laughs> and then Christmas, but yeah. And Christmas too. And then yeah. and we we've done the gift exchanges and you guys totally kind of brought like like brought me in and great family. Yeah, we, my, that's how I was raised. And I think growing up in the bush and way back in the day, you know, my folks moved up here in 1959 and everyone helped everyone else. And, and you always took people in. I mean, my mom came home from the grocery store one time and brought an entire family home and they lived with us for three months because she met them and they didn't have somewhere to live. And that was, that was in probably around 1979. That was in Wasilla? Mm-hmm, in Wasilla. So... Where were they from? Or they just... They had just moved up here from out of state, young family, couple young kids, and... Where were they staying? Just, they were just... I don't know. They were like camping or something and she met them in line at the grocery. So, yeah, we take in strays. Didn't you, you brought some Frenchmen home one time, didn't you? Oh, I've heard this story. I've heard a little bit about yeah. this. Yeah. So I you had, speak French. Oui. C'est vrai? Oui. I know. <laughs> Russian. Yeah. <laughs> We're no good together. Um, yes, I had gone on a, a girl's trip to Portland um, one year in the fall. Might have been around September. And I met these two young Frenchmen in an elevator. I mean, because they were speaking French. And so I started speaking French to them. And then we all, all of us and those young boys uh, went out for drinks and had a fun evening hanging out. And they brought up somehow about, they, they were just here as exchange students and they wanted. Did like a college? Or yeah, I, college students. They wanted a traditional Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. And we said, oh, well, you should come to Alaska and spend Thanksgiving with us. You know, they were, this is down in Portland. And, and you were dead serious, but you're probably thinking no way they're going to yeah, do it. Yeah, right. I, did, I didn't really think about it, you know, but we, you know, they we became Facebook friends. And then I think it was only a few weeks before Thanksgiving, I got this Facebook message saying, hey, are we still invited? And can I bring my brother? 
And of course, me, again, I never, I couldn't say no. I'd already. So you told Tom, hey, we so got some. So I said to my husband, yeah, um, we might have three Frenchmen coming for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and then he says, well, they can't stay with us. And I said, oh, sure, okay. Well, they came and picked him up at the airport. Got them home, and they'd brought champagne and pate and all this fancy. Oh, so they were like they were good guests, legit. And he was like, "Oh, all right, they can." You know, they were just kids. But my daughters, (laughs) why is my mother bringing home these Frenchmen? But they had a great time. Were they good looking? Uh, Well, they were. Yeah, I mean, they were young Frenchmen. Oh my gosh. So they stayed, like, they stayed the night or they stayed for yeah, a couple No, no, they stayed for almost a week, I know. And it was really cold that year, like minus 10. I remember Becky actually took him uh, skiing, I think, or snowboarding. That's so wild. Yeah. Good for so you. They had a great time. I'm still in touch with them to this day. If I ever make, if, if France ever opens back up, mm-hmm. I'll be going to visit them. They're from Lyon. Now, there's another story that really um, never leaves me. It's this fucking Black Friday story. Well, that was, I think it was the first year you came for Thanksgiving, right? And so Taylor no, was probably. I, no, I think it might have been the second or. Second was, or third? Okay. Yeah, no, no, I had been there before. Yeah, because so. Taylor was probably 16. I still can't believe I agree. I was, I was, I was very, I wouldn't say I was drunk. I mean, I, I, I had, I had had several drinks. It was like late, like we're, food's over, we're sitting down, maybe the game was on and we're by the fire. And then Taylor asks me. Because you guys were leaving. You guys were, that's when it was. You guys were going to like Hawaii or something, remember? Well, I don't know if that was the reason. I won't do Black Friday shopping. But you, you guys were, I think, leaving the next day. Yeah, I could. You were yeah, flying I think somewhere. That's right. Yeah. And so this came up, and I basically volu- very dumbly volunteered myself to take her shopping. Yeah. And, and I'm also one of these avoid Black Friday like the plague. I hate it. And oh my God, I had to take her to like. What time did she, you had to pick early. her up? Early. I don't even know. I mean, 6 a.m. Well, Whatever it was, it was, it was later than whatever we agreed on because I was like, I'm not waking up at fucking six a.m. <laughs> but I picked her up and we went to like Diamond Center, and then the the you know the, the Fifth, Avenue. Fifth Avenue, and I was like holding these. This is a picture of me like holding all these bags. But she went to like several stores, you know. Well, yes, and that's I was, what it's for. Black was, Friday. I was like the chaperone type. Oh my god, it was horrible. I'll never forget that. It was like all these people. They were like stampeding but, around. They were everybody was trying to buy stuff. But she's still a big Jeff fan to this day. So I mean, I, I said I was going to do it. Yeah. Well, I, that's the thing it. about you, Jeff. You know, sometimes people kind of cock their head when I say I'm good friends with I, you, right? People not not everyone gets you. I got to say, you're you're in a, you're in the kind of click. Your your click includes a lot of people who are not Jeff Landfield people. That's right. A lot of your click people, and I know sometimes it's come up where somebody's told me. There was a conversation, and they were saying something bad, and then Ella said, hey, don't, don't fucking That's talk about him. Friend. That's my Love that. Friend. No, um, I know everybody doesn't get it, but what I would say is, I said it from when I first met you, is what you see is what you get, and that's Jeff, you know? And someone said something about, the other day, someone made a comment, well, I don't know if I would trust him with my personal information or my secrets. And I said, oh, no. What? I know, right? I said, Jeff <laughs> What, are they going to give me their credit cards? <laughs> what does that mean, personal? I said, Jeff is the vault, though. If I tell Jeff, hey, don't tell anyone this, I've never known him to repeat something he was asked not to repeat or to share information. No, you well, are. If, if I did that, nobody would talk to me with the, the landmines. Exactly. Stuff. No, you're a tried and true friend. I know I could call you. I remember one time calling you. You took Sabrina to soccer practice for me. I mean. Oh, yeah. And then we went to uh, Tasty Freeze. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you have always been there for me and for my kids. And if you need help. Big fan. Big fan. 
<laughs> love so. love those love those. And then you have the other one where you have like we had that one dinner where it was your ex husband was there, and then yep. you guys are all kind of friends, and it's we're very close friends. That's because sometimes you know those things don't they go bad. No, we're very close. And you had the, um, yeah. what was that, that Vietnamese food they brought? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, Lorraine. She probably made egg rolls and, oh. It was so good. So, yeah, you, you, every Thanksgiving or Christmas when I go over, it's always, like, just all kinds of random. Like, Andrew, the, you know. Oh, yeah. All these different people are always over there. Yeah. Well, it sounds like Gibby might come this year, so. Well, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, we. What do you think's going to happen with this, you know, COVID? I mean, because a lot of folks travel, right, for things. That's the big travel time. So, I'm. I'm thinking of going back and seeing my parents. They're in New Mexico, but you know, to be to be to be honest, I'm just really curious what's going to happen with this election because I don't know who I don't care who wins. Whatever happens, it's going to get crazy. I mean, thirty percent of people aren't going to accept it either way. Yeah, it's gonna so be, I'm not even sure what's going to be happening in mid-November, late November. It's going to be interesting, that's for sure. I'm glad well, we're up here. I think we're removed from a lot of the craziness. Did yeah. you Did you find the Trump sign? No. So you were, you were having some people over to your house, I never right? heard back. I sent a message to the Republican Party on Facebook, and they never got back to me. So what was the deal? You were having people over, and you like somebody was a hardcore anti-Trumper, and you were going to put up a yard sign? Yeah. Oh, and you didn't do it? It was my friend, An- I can say it now, it was my friend Andrew's birthday, and uh, I was just going to do it as a joke. Just He's not a Trump guy, is he? he w- <laughs> no. <laughs> he was. He would have not been happy, but I couldn't find one. So there's Biden. I've I've seen lots of Biden. Yeah, I've seen the, I've seen some four Biden ones around. Yeah, you'd, you'd think you'd be able to to find one around here. Yeah, I don't guess they have an office here. They don't need Alaska apparently. So, so yeah, what do you think? I mean, I'm just I'm so f- fatigued with like you know I'm I'm, I'm smart. I, try, I wear the mask and you know I try not to. I don't go to bar, like big parties and all that. But um, you know it's been what nine what's March you know seven, it's been months. seven months and. I'm hearing from some, you know, I watched the CDC, not Fauci, but somebody else, infectious disease person, and they were saying, you know, basically, you know, book on another another year, year and a half. I think so. and That's I, nuts. I won't name names, but um, we have someone we know who works pretty high up in D.C., and um, they're saying, yeah, another year and a half or more before, you know, not only, I mean, obviously, whether it's an effective vaccine, Basically, people ask about the vaccine. I'll take the vaccine when when this family member tells me it's safe to take the vaccine. So, so, so here's what I'm saying: I'll take the vaccine. I ain't taking the fucking first round. Right. Like that. That's, that's what that, everyone. Says. That is the whole thing of I am legend. Yeah. You know when they all take the they all get vaccinated right. from the thing and whatever everybody die, everybody gets becomes yeah. like a fucking monster. <laughs> I am not. I mean, I'm not anti-vax. I've got all my vaccinations no, that I needed, but. I am not getting the first round. No, but do get your flu shot. Did you get your flu I shot? I have not yet, but I was actually going to um, so going to, easy. Going to cars. I got mine at cars. Yeah, I'm gonna go go take care of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm totally. I've you know I got my TDAP when when I went to Asia years ago, and I when I growing up I had the I still have my shot record, but nowadays you have you have well they're kind of growing up now, but I mean Sabrina's what? How old? She's twelve. So now they have all these new ones. Yep. So did did, did she get all those or? She's got load her up. I take my kids in, load them up. Because when I was a kid, it was like yes. measles. No, you know. they have all kinds. I mean, meningitis. They have the, the HPV. Chicken pox. Now, yeah. that's a thing, right? Chicken pox. All my kids had that vaccine. See, because when I was a kid, we had the party. <laughs> like, I had it. Some I people had it. had it. We had the party, and we, it was like yep. oh, a couple whatever, and it was fine. And Yeah. Well, a few kids still die every year, so that's why there's a vaccine. I, I just feel like I, I'm all for vaccinations, but I also feel like when, when – 
these newer ones start happening, and there's all these pharmaceutical companies. I, w- I was kind of wondering well, like, how much money. Well, anyone that comes out while the election's still up in the air, for, yeah, it's kind of hard to. Have you seen that funny video on some like Facebook and Instagram? It's like some somebody takes the Russian vaccine, and it's like an American guy with like gla- glasses, and it's like he takes it, and then he's like, it keeps like kind of progressing forward, and it, it, he's a Russian guy, but he has an American, and at the end of it, he's like full Russian. <laughs> I don't this? think he's, I've seen that. It's so funny. He's like some goofy American. He, Takes Russian vaccine, and then by the end of it, he's like speaking in Russian. He's speaking right. in Russian and like drinking vodka. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I. No, I think we got a long ways to go before. I was. I mean, you, we all think about it all the time, right? All the things we miss about not being able to be normal. Or just even watching the TV and watching like an old football game, or watching yeah. something with, you know, just. They're kind of close together. They all are. <laughs> I know. When's it? You know. I was supposed to go to Fiji. Remember, I was supposed to oh, go to Fiji. Oh, that's right. What happens with your I don't tickets? Know. I th- they refund them, I guess. I still want to go, but they don't want to go. Oh, they don't want to go? No, they don't want to go because it's COVID. And and Fiji's actually still closed, I think. From, oh, well, that's... The airport's still closed, from what I understand. Because so we, we some, some some friends, obviously, you know, uh, I won't say, I don't want to, they're private people, but friend and and the and the uh, significant other, there's a deal on yeah. Alaska Airlines in February before the COVID thing, and it was 40,000 miles round trip to Fiji. From, from Anchorage. Yeah, I remember that. So we all got tickets, and we were all supposed to go for, like, three, because my birthday is December, and so is his birthday, and we were going to do three weeks in Fiji, and, and now, you know, damn it. We all had travel plans that A little closer to the mic there, partner. Sorry. So you, and you guys usually go somewhere for, oh, yeah. for, the, for, the, for the winter, right? For Hawaii yeah, we still, we still may try to get out of here January, February. I don't know. I feel, but, I mean, we can't even drive out right now. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, the border. Border's closed. I just feel like, you know, and I, I don't want to be one of these people who says, oh, it's the same, you know, the flu compared to the flu, but but the flu does kill 50, 60,000 people a year. And, you know, a lot of things kill, you know, drinking, driving, and, and alcohol, and smoking. And um, I just wonder, at some point, are, are we just going to say, okay, this thing's here, and we're going to deal with so many... I mean, we can't We can't just keep everything like this forever. It's not going to work, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's, you know, what are people willing to risk? Do you know anybody who's got it? I know a few people. Um, yes, I, I do. A few people who got it. One, one had, like, almost no symptoms, a little bit, kind of sm- the smelling thing, and then... Right, lots um, of smell. And then somebody else was fairly sick, but then, you know... I have friends in, in Washington State who had it, and they're still, like, they still feel like they don't have their sense of smell, and they had it back in July. They were very sick for five, six weeks. Um, yeah, some of the you know studies I've I've read or I've, I've heard about is they're saying that they think there might be like resi- residual mm, effects in the lungs. Yeah, way after you're even you know past it. Yeah, they don't know. That's the thing we don't know about everything about this thing. So it's not just you get it, you know, like the flu, and then you you're fine. I mean, there could be long term lasting effects. So well, we'll see what happens yeah. after. Um, the election. I'm, I'm hoping you guys do the Thanksgiving though, so I'll have to get the COVID test. Oh, Thanksgiving is on. We will have it at my parents' house because you know they're elderly. But that's the only reason I said that about the COVID test because of right, them being yeah, yeah, elderly. They're, they're getting up there, right? They're in yeah, their they're eight. 87 and 89. And your mom is something else. What a character. Yes, love her. They're funny, but they're they're hanging in there. Yeah, so we'll have it at their house. Same for Christmas dinner. Well, um, you know, if I'm here, count me in. Of course. Well, it's been a great podcast. I'm glad I finally got you. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Becky will do one with me sometime. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could show your face. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, and folks want information or if they want to 
contribute or donate, they can just go to like your website, Alaska Resource Education. Yep. or akresource.org. You guys are always looking for more support, right? Always, always. And if kids or teachers or parents want to, same thing, they can reach out to you guys? For yeah, their- we post on our website and on our Facebook, you know, all the camps and lessons we have available. Okay, well, I'm, you know, a great organization. I'm a big supporter, so all right. you guys are doing great work. And, and also, thanks for being my, my friend over the years, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Always fun talking to Yellow. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Okay, cool. Folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, uh, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.